0: Welcome to St. Mark's N4, a church in the heart of Finsbury Park. For more information, visit our website. We can also be found on social media too. We look forward to seeing you at one of our services really soon. Um, This morning, I want to start with a really, really simple question and... uh, Feel free to raise hands, but it's this. How many of you know things that you should be doing, but that has not stopped you from doing them? Everyone's just felt a little guilty. I'll say it one more time because here's the thing. Everybody really should be raising their hands. How many of you know things that you should not be doing, but in fact, you still do them? Dude, you're like the most perfect person in the world if you haven't raised your hand. (laughs) And the reason I ask that is because the, the more and more I've been thinking is that society over the years, and what's happened is that we we're we're in a society where we think we can do it ourselves. We're in a society where we think we have enough. We have society where we think if we just have the right relationships, then my life would be fulfilled. And for those of you who don't know, um. For the last two weeks, I've, I've been on holiday, and um, the first week, we went to a place called Hampshire, uh, which is a really special place to me, and me and my friend Tom, we decided to do this walk, and it's probably about five miles, and we got halfway through, and we're following this footpath, and I had enough breakfast, and I got halfway through this walk, and I was like, you know what, I, I just kind of want to turn around and go back to the pub. And, um, and But the thing is, is we, we realized we were halfway through this walk, and uh, to be honest, like we, we couldn't necessarily turn back. So I said, I, I said to Tom, I said, there must be a quicker way. And so we kind of knew the area, and so instead we said, what we'll do is like we'll come off this footpath and we'll directly walk across this field. Now, I don't know if you've been country walking or like hiking, but that's possibly one of the worst things you can do. But we, man, we just wanted to get to the pub and have lunch. So I said, I'm sure, I'm so sure, I know that it's this way. (laughs) think you can imagine what's going to happen. And so we start walking across this field and field. And you know what's funny is that we actually begin to see the outskirts of the village on the lower hill that we, that we need to see. But what happens is we come to this river. And the only way to get over this river is to climb this fence. And without even thinking about it, I said, it's fine. I'll just climb it. And I don't know if you've noticed, and some of you who know me or don't know me, there is quite a lot of me. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm very tall, so I get one leg over, and it it was successful, but as I got the second leg over, I got my second leg halfway over, because my, I didn't realize this, this fence actually had barbed wire, and my jeans got caught on this barbed wire, Tom just started laughing at me, you know, he's a really supportive friend, and I was trying to get my, like, jeans unstuck, and it created this massive hole, and I caught my hand on this barbed wire, and it was a complete mess, I had a bleeding hand, and I had to, like, make him put a plaster on it, was so embarrassing and as we were sitting there in the pub and you know we're waiting for lunch to come Tom comes and sits next to me from the bathroom he puts my arm around me and he says are you having a good holiday (laughs) see we live in a society where we think we know and we live in a society where we think we can fix it and we live in a society where we think we can help ourselves what I love about this series is that it's not what do you know but it's what do you believe the, and um, for those of you who don't know, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be studying the creed. And I think I have the most two important words in the whole series. And, you know, um, the, the, what we're looking at is um, obviously the first, the first passage, which is, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and all that is seen and unseen. But I tell you, I, I think I have the most important two words, and it's this, is I believe. And God, and, and God cares so. And the and the conclusion I'm, I'm coming to, and as I get older with life, is God cares so much more about what we believe over what we know. When it comes to the day when we stand in front of him, um, after we've lived our lives and we stand in front of Christ and he, he, he's, at the, he's waiting for us at the gates of heaven, hey, do you know he's going to be looking for what we believed over what we knew because our belief takes action. Why? If, if, if we know and we think we know, the truth is we may or might not get there. But if we believe, we will see action. So when as a church we gather to recite this creed, it is so important, and it's so important before we even begin to, and we're going to say it in a a couple of minutes, but it's so beginning, it's so important to know that when we stand and we say this as a church, it is not an incantation. It's not just something we're reading off a screen. It's not just something that's in historic, but it's a statement of a belief. Um, I, I, I use this really, really simple illustration, and it's this. The moon is so awesome to look at. It has no light of its own, but it tells me that the light out there. The sun sends out light, and which hits the surface of the moon, so when we look up, we can see light. The creed reflects the light of the Word of God. And in the creed, and what we're going to look at this morning, it gives us four key tools to understand the Word of God. The first one is this, it defines symmetry. It helps us understand the God of the Bible. Number two, it defines clarity. It makes us clear to us who God is. Number three, it defines community. It it helps us know to what we belong to and what we're a part of. And number four is it defines our counsel to ourselves and our others. So as we look at this passage, Genesis 1 to 4. Verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, because of what it says in the creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty. It actually, maker of heaven and earth, it leads us to a creator. The first God we meet in the Bible is a God who's a creator, the cemetery that goes through. And the problem with the world today and the problem with the church and the problem with us as people of Christ is we actually as people, we don't realize how profound that first, that first passage in the Bible is. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How many of you read that and actually like don't take a step back and said, wow, and you know I've been in some of the most beautiful places in the last two weeks, and I've I've seen the beauty of God's nature, the beauty of the beauty of God's design. But actually, how many of us take a step back and uh, we realise what we're in? You know, growing up, um, there used to be this show on um, Sunday morning, which me and my brother watched, which was called Match of the Day. Is there any Match of the Day fans here? I'm sure there's some. And um, very, very early on, before we even found Christianity, Dad converted us. And I'm glad this guy's wearing this t shirt, but Dad, created, Dad converted us to the religion of Arsenal. It wasn't a choice, it was an instruction. <laughs> And what, um, so, I don't know if you know a bit about my background, but Formula One was the main thing in our house. But, uh, but uh, we began to get into this thing for football, and, uh, and we were told we were Arsenal supporters. Well, what was great about being an Arsenal supporter around that time, there was this one guy who used to score a goal every week. Like, every week he would score a goal, and this guy's name was Thierry Henry. Yes. <laughs> And this, I, I tell you, like, I wanted to be a form, Formula One driver, but, but this guy almost converted me. We've, we would be losing 7 0, and this guy would still score a goal. I've never seen someone know that so consistent. And what happened, it, it was my dad's birthday, and my mom asked me, he said, Hey, what do you think dad would like for his birthday? I, I said, I think what would be really cool is if we got him a Thierry Henry signed shirt. That's a pretty good present, right? So, and as a child, you know, I didn't really have a Big concept on the world, so it's like an Arsenal shirt, it costs like 60 65 pounds. So a signed shirt must cost 85 pounds, eight grand. But and I searched online, they're probably about 12 grand now. It's crazy. I'm not, I unfortunately can't get one, and but that's the thing. Like, if you think about it, this shirt. It's worth 80 pounds, but just because this man has worn it for 90 minutes and he signs it, it's pushed up its value to eight grand. It, it, what the thing I'm trying to get at is, like, do we see as people and as a church and as a community the value in what God has created? It's so, you know, this morning I was coming back from the gym and I, I, was, I was getting stuff from Starbucks and I was, just, I was just like, it's crazy that we do this. It's crazy that we go in somewhere and you you, you put your card and someone makes you coffee. It's crazy that, you know, that there's day and night. See, the thing is, it's like the, the more and more I realize about God is that we need to see the value that we're around. What I love is that in this passage, we not only meet a God who is infinitely powerful, but we meet a God who is deeply personal. He didn't just create the heavens and the earth to show off his power flex his muscles for what he actually did he created the heavens and the earth so that we would come and embrace him that we would come to be with him in verse 2 it says this it says now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters so often we make this mistake and it's this we pray that God gives us clarity. We have tricky situations. We have tricky circumstances going on. We pray that God gives us clarity. But the truth is this morning is that God is clarity. You know, back to the creed, we speak of a God who is seen. Point two is this is clarity. For those of you who don't know, um, I'm a massive Chronicles of Narnia fan. And um, the second film, Prince Catherine, is really one of the main caveats of the reasons I came to faith, and I I can't tell the whole story because we only have um, five minutes, but uh, um, um, it's about these four children called Peter, Edmund, Susan, and Lucy, and what happens is they return to a magical land called Narnia, and um, because of, uh, this is the second film, so this is the sequel, and because of that, they've returned to a land which is different from the land it was before, and they set out on this mission to meet a prince called Prince Caspian, but on the way, Lucy is Lucy sees Aslan. And for those of you who don't know, and you should read the books, man, read the books. (laughs) Like, you know, and and Aslan is the representation of Christ in this book. And what happens is Lucy sees Aslan and the other three don't. And what happens is it's like that they have this massive argument, but what happens eventually, and there's there's many backwards and forwards, but they eventually heading the way that they thought they saw Aslan. And they actually ended up in the right direction that they needed to go. And that night at dinner around the fire, Lucy and Susan had the most profound conversation. And Susan turns to Lucy and says, why did you not think I saw him? Why did you not think, if you saw him, why did you not think I saw him? And then Lucy comes back with the most incredible answer. She says, well, maybe you didn't want to see him. You know, sometimes God can be so scary, and it can be such a scary concept. And, and and sometimes, you know, like I'm at work and I'm trying to get through stuff, and you know, the, the, the subject of God comes up, and I'm like I don't want it. I need to get through these emails. But we need to see that God is clarity, and it's so important. For, um, it's so important as a church and as a people of God to recognise His presence. It's not about just coming to church every Sunday and just sitting down. We sing the fast song, we sing the slow song, we do the offering, we, 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 we do the communion, we hear the, we hear the sermon, we have a piece of cake and go home, but we are here for the sole purpose of recognizing his presence. We read in verse 3, God said, let there be light, and, and, let there, and there was light. This is so important for a church to understand, and it it may even be too straightforward to understand, but as humans with our imperfections, we miss it. Um, You know, earlier we talked about a God who is infinitely powerful, but is deeply personal. But what sometimes happens is that we ourselves, we get in the way, we fail to understand that we belong to a God who brings light. Point three is this, it's community now and the reason point for his community because instead of belonging to a god of light what we've done and as society and as people of god is that we try to create and i'm guilty of this we try to create our own communities who can bring us the same light how often have we tried to seek fulfillment from a broken relationship so often we try and seek fulfillment from a broken world So often we try and seek fulfillment from a broken governance, and the truth is is that we end up more hurt, and then what happens is because uh, because of the effect of that is we actually end up further away from God's light. God said, let there be light, and there was light. There was no conditions. There was no rules. There was no politics. There was no race. There was no gender. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And my life's mission, and, and and what I'm trying to do, and uh, even though I might be failing every day, but but my prayer is that people of the earth would know that they have access to this light, because with God's light, we know that there's a light that won't go out. There's a light out there which won't break. It won't let us down. And more importantly, it'll keep the dark away. And what I love about the Creed and what we're going to study over the next couple of weeks, and uh, he's a God who's in the scene, the Creed brings God's light. Over the stretch of time, communities, churches, movements, you know, it it goes back to the Greeks, and um, the moments have declared their belief in God the Father so that the light of God was an infinite alternative to a temporary culture. They gathered so that they would declare the light of God was an infinite alternative to a temporary culture. The creed cries out community because of the history it has. Here's the thing, it's not something you know. When we say this creed, it's not something we do every week, but what it is, it's, it, it cries community because it's something to be a part of. Let's just not say this, but let's begin to spread the, the light of God throughout our community. I, I really quickly do a cheeky plug, and um, Leo mentioned it earlier, but um, next Sunday night, we, we're starting this evening service. Now, there could be several reasons for doing this, but the number one reason is this, is that we want to begin to reach out to a community that hasn't been touched so as a statement of belief, yeah, I really encourage you to come along because, you know, my prayer is that we wouldn't just be a, 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 um, a place of meeting in a building, but we would go out as a building that would meet with people. And point four of this is uh, it's council. God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Going back to the creed, if you believe in a God who is almighty and is in the seen and in unseen, this is going to affect the way you counsel yourself. In this passage, we read of a God who separates light from darkness. Now just think for a second, think of the power that gives us against sin. Think of the power that gives us against hurt. Think of the power that gives us sorrow. Think of the power that gives us against disappointment. If we believe in a God who separates life from darkness, we also believe that he has forgiven us from sin. Believing in this actually leads us to who it is. See, and the thing is, and I kind of made this decision when I became a Christian back in 2013. But see, the thing is, it's like, I, I don't just want to know or believe in an idea of God. I just don't want to know a God who's a character from a book. I, I don't want to know a God who's, who, who, who's, who's, who's written on a page, but I want to know a God who's real. We all come to church every Sunday, right? And like, wouldn't it be great if we encountered a God who was real? And the crazy thing is, is this, is like only belief. And so often people, people mistake it, and why I stress the importance of it, regardless of how old or how young you are, just simply knowing church does not believe you have belief in church, because only belief in God leads us to forgiveness. Only belief in God leads us to Him. I, I love the verse in Romans, and I, I just read it really quickly. Romans 10, verse nine to uh, sorry, Romans 10, verses nine to ten. It says this: If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and saved. If you believe in the forgiveness of sins, then you don't run and hide from the forgiver. You run to him. If you believe in the forgiveness of sins, you don't carry the weight of guilt on your shoulders. You don't carry the weight of depression on your shoulders. You don't carry the weight of mental health on your shoulders. But what you do with the alternative and the glorious alternative is that we run into the arms of Christ. Belief, it brings the action of forgiveness. And that's basically the fundamental of Christianity, if you, if you really want to stretch into it. We're actually here because we have been forgiven. You know, back in 2013, um, I, just very, very quickly, um, you know, I, I became a Christian. And, and, and I, was, um, I was at university for about a year and a half. And I tell you, my life was completely off the rails. Basically, the only reason I went to this Alpha course was because I was so tired, and I kind of was just think if I go to a church then possibly I can sleep in a corner and get away with it. It was more—it was more so that I could go to it and say, "Oh, I've got a plan, so I wouldn't have to go to another party." <laughs> and, uh, and I sat there for four weeks. And I was like, "This is really nice if it was true. We two, this was really nice if it was true. We three, this is really nice if it's true. We four, we did. Why did Jesus die for us?" And hearing the gospel, and hearing that there was a man who 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 not only created me, he died for me. So that one day, simply I would look at him and say, "God, I just want to be in your arms." So many of us are running away instead of running to him. But what I'd love this morning is to offer you an invitation to run to him. And maybe that's for the first time, and that's amazing for the thousandth time, because the truth is, every day I have to run to him at some point because. I'm not perfect, I fail, I suck, you know, but my prayer is that this morning that as we say this, and we're going to say it in a second, and Leo's going to come and say it, but as we say this, Lord, let's choose to believe over knowing this.